to Pop of Color Pod. I'm Ruby. And I'm India. We're two women of color recapping all things Bravo through our personal lens. As women of color, we like to focus on the underrated Bravo shows with inclusive casts. And if we're feeling generous, we'll add even more Bravo sprinkles on top. Ruby, don't forget that as we catch up on the Bravo chaos, we also like to catch up on the chaos of our lives. And there's never a shortage of that. Here's this week's episode. Let's pop off. Hello, poppies. It's your girl, Ruby. No India, because she's not well. She'll be okay. Don't get scared. Um, She made the mistake of letting me know that she wasn't going to be available. And I was just feeling some type of way. Like I have the energy to talk, even if it's to myself. I was a little concerned about my voice, but I feel like I sound potentially animated. I don't listen to these, but you should. So I don't know if this sounds any different than my usual self. Um, I'm going to give you just like a quick and dirty rundown of my thoughts on our programming this week, because starting next week, we are going to have a bit of a different situation, but not really. We're going to get distracted and do the same thing we always do, but we're going to have way more shows next week. Like we, I'm getting ahead of myself. Welcome to pop of color pod with just Ruby tonight as mentioned previously. Um, like I said, I'm exhausted, but I have like that kind of exhaustion where like you also have energy you need to burn off. And so that's what this is for. And I just needed, you know, to chat with you guys so that I can feel better about everything I have to do from nine to five. Um, so we have like a bunch of new shows tonight. I'm going to give a couple of like smatterings of other thoughts, but we're going to talk about Real Housewives of Potomac, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, because both are firing on all cylinders. We said goodbye to Married to Medicine this. No, we didn't. I'm a liar. Wow. See what happens when India's not here. Um, so Married to Medicine is like in reunion status. So we don't really cover that a lot, but the girls are always giving. So we enjoy that thoroughly. Um, next Sunday, family karma is coming back and we love covering family karma. It's going to be their third season. If you haven't watched it before, I think the first two seasons are on Peacock. You can check that out there. Um, we may give you smatterings of winter house, but that's really not going to be our focus. Um, because it's really just a bunch of raggedies doing what they do as always. Um, but we'll kind of do more of the housewives dabble in family karma. Um, I just saw the first episode of Below Deck Adventure, which is now like the fifth iteration of Below Deck, they're getting a little carried away. I'm going to need them to sit down and stop because literally it's like that just started and then OG Below Deck is coming at the end of the month and they have not been good for like since whenever Kate left. Well, really her last season when those men were trash, but I digress. Below Deck Adventure was really good though. It's like all new people. There's no connector from another below deck franchise. So we're meeting everybody fresh. The captain seems like a good balance of like, he cares, but he's not up in their business too much. And he's not like too silly. So I think we're going to like him. The stews have drama. Everybody's horny. It's going to be, it's going to be a ride for sure. Heather Gay is invading that space. Oh, we'll get to her soon. Um, and then what did I say? Winter house. 
I watched Winter House Hungover last Saturday, so I can't really remember much that happened, except I think we let Luke back in the house. Um, that's all I, that's all I took away from that. Luke came back and Austin showed up. Yes. Austin showed up and he and Sierra, mm, the tension. So yeah, those are kind of like the smatterings. India loves her poppy and poopy. So I will try and give her something. Um, my poppy for this week, if we're saying like the past seven days is Kathy Hilton in the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, like part three of the reunion. The reunion actually might've been good, even when it made me mad. Like I hated how Garcelle was treated and kind of the flippancy of everything, but at least I was engaged, even though that season was so long. Oh, but my poppy is Kathy because she really... (laughs) let it loose, didn't give a fuck about what anybody was thinking. And I loved when, and I think another Bravo account we follow posted this like video about how, while they were doing the Aspen recap and you have the little squares of their faces when they're watching back the footage and Kathy's like, you swear on your life. You want to swear on your life? And Rena didn't say a word. We really need to talk to Rena about how words matter because again, saying that her silence is going to cause her cancer is not acceptable. Um, I feel like I'm screaming, like, cause I don't have somebody to stop me right now. So I'm just like, boom, boom, bam, bam. Let's fucking go. Um, that's why I need people in my life. Cause they will stop the tornado. My poopy of the week, dot, 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 dot. I mean, I don't know why Heather's on my brain right now, but I've never been a fan of hers. So that could be a thing at any point in time. If you like Heather, I'm sorry that you don't have taste. Neither does Rihanna. You know, y'all made choices. You fall for the illusion that's in front of you. And I don't have India here to stop me (laughs) with any disagreement. I don't know her feelings on Heather. I don't remember, but you know, usually India gives people benefits of the doubt when I'm hating and uh, she's not here to stop me. So we shall move along. All right. So let's see. Potomac, this is a controversial thing to say, but I think this episode of Potomac was the first time that I was like, hmm, like I chuckled a couple of times, but I didn't feel like I got anything out of the episode that really I walked away with. Um, I think that's like the whole story is the family fun day that Robin is hosting. And, um, there's like this whole thing about like Wendy's family wasn't invited to the family fun day. And they're like, it's okay if they're not invited, but like, that's mean to mess to not invite them because, you know, the kids shouldn't have to suffer because of their fight. And like, I'm, I was team Robin in the sense of like, if I don't fuck with you, I'm, I'm sorry to your children, but I'm not having you in this space. Like, no, thank you. I respect her setting that boundary. What got weird was doing the auntie thing of asking, uh, Candace (laughs) of all people to play the role of auntie for Wendy and bring the kids over. Because even though Candace and Wendy are friends, you know that Wendy has never let Candace supervise her children independently. Please, when show me. 
never. Um, so first of all, we've never witnessed Candace supervise children alone because I think even when Chris's kids are there, I don't think she's alone with the children. Um, secondly, friend auntie again is not the same as family actual auntie and like the the dynamic robin is referring to right is like in a lot of cultures and i can speak to latin latinx culture it's like listen we got a lot of people in our family a lot of personalities people bicker but it's like i want to see my niece and nephew because they are your niece and nephew wendy's children are not robin's nieces and nephews nor did robin and wendy ever have so close of a friendship in which those kids felt like they knew you know like because it it's like ridiculous but um on orange county like shannon would say like oh my girls call you aunt vicky and they're very close to all this stuff you know like there's a there's an actual close like familial like relationship in that friendship wendy and robin also do not have this so to turn around and then try to say like to make nice it's like you should have just as wendy said you know stood in your truth and and held strong with the boundary and just taken it on the chin um, Candace also has like a little red confessional going on that's giving like Gaga American Horror Story. I really don't know what to make of it. I don't understand. I've never understand sleeveless hooded clothing pieces because if my head and neck are cold, so are my arms. So that's just a thought I had. Um, as we see, Karen's storyline is suffering and she is hilarious and confessional and I think she's going to become like a Rena where she's going to use Giselle or anybody else to make her, you know, relevant to the, to the story till the end of time, because her solo story is zero. Um, all we know is that she might be allergic to chicken. That's dark. Um, who else? Ashley, we're like dealing with like a whole, oh, Ashley's thing was that she, and, um, what is that man's name? Michael. Oh my God. I was going to say like she's in Lucifer, but that's not his actual name, just his government one. Um, she and Michael are going to like release a statement about their separation, blah, 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 blah. Um, and the montage that the editors put together of like <laughs> when she's reading through her statement about like all the beautiful moments we've shared and how much we love each other. And it's like literally everything that's ever gone wrong in their relationship on camera. So that's literally only 10% of what's gone on in their relationship. They're monsters, but they're monsters who deserve creative arts Emmys. Um, and then we are going to Miss Field Day. Um, we ride along with Mia and Gordon and her family. We get some, you know, updates about Mia and her mom. And she's like trying to understand her role in her mom's life. Um, her mom is an addict and um, I believe sober, but just Mia trying to still understand the psychological dynamic. And that's a very important concept to share. I get kind of weird sometimes with people sharing like the inner issues of their family members in a, in great detail. I feel like it could be alluded to. Um, and, you know, again, we're talking about like how you operate or how that affects your interaction with the rest of the cast or your spouse or something, but the, the constant describing and description into like all the things she believes her mom has done wrong to her feels a little exploitative, but that's just me. I have not experienced that directly. So I can't say, um, Mia also has a lot of opinions about Robin's field day and she's not wrong, but she's also a little rude. <laughs> and I, and that made me think, wait a minute, who are Mia's friends on this show? 
because like if Mia's not fucking with Robin, I mean, I guess the concept is that Mia is friendly with Robin, but also like don't talk mad shit about Robin. <laughs> like she did what she could. We know what she's capable of. Um, she's not friends with Giselle because, you know, so cancer, no cancer. I think she was introduced as a friend of Karen's, but we've like not seen them interact for a thing. And then we know she's not friends with Candace and Wendy. I don't know if she's friends with Ashley. Not close enough, at least. So field day, you know, Robin wanted to have an event on screen and she really gave it nothing. And so, you know, the field day was a mess. No notes. Um, There was a bit of a discussion after the field day. Um, Ashley was talking about Michael getting a vasectomy. I don't want to think about his body ever. There was a lot of threesome chat amongst... Ashley and I believe Mia and her best friend Jacqueline they've since removed the quotes around best friend on Jacqueline's Chiron aka like her title card so I guess now she's a true best friend or something has changed in the dynamic but all I could think was I'm Cherie's saying I'm too old for this conversation when they were just talking about how long they did threesomes with who did they do threesomes how you know how old were they what in the relationship the peak of this episode was when <laughs> Ashley talks to Candace and Candace is sad about, I believe, like, I don't quote me. I'm not very good with um, fertility vocabulary. I have not partaken in the experience. Um, something it's either like the eggs didn't take or the IVF didn't take. Unsure. Unclear. Um, but Ashley's trying to be encouraging to her and uplift her. And she says... I, I put your name in my journal <laughs> and, and Candace was like, um, what kind of journal? <laughs> like, is this a journal of God? Like what, what pray tell is the journal about? <laughs> and it was like, she was very trepidatious about like accepting it and expressing a positive reaction to learning about being in the journal. And <laughs> And in the confessional, Candace was like, please do not put me in your book of witchcraft. Like, I don't know these ways. Like, I'm a child of God. And that sent me like their dynamic is so good. Um, I really like that they're kind of like vacillating between friends and enemies constantly because it seems like they're going to be against each other next week. But I like the way that they literally take turns constantly because it kind of keeps it exciting. And then... um, Ashley gets upset at the end of the episode because someone has put um, her and Michael's separation, like they've leaked it already. And I feel bad for her, but also she has literally told everybody she knows on camera and crew about it. And like, don't tell people you're about to do something until you do it. Like, that's why I'm superstitious. I'm sure many of you listening are superstitious about sharing your business before it's official because someone is going to fuck it up for you, whether or not they have good intent. Someone's going to put you on blast and fuck up what, you know, what's going on. So, you know, to Ashley, keep your mouth shut to other people until you're ready. I don't really remember what the previews are, but the whole episode was a little without, and that was unfortunate because usually those are our shining stars, the Potomac gals. On to Salt Lake City that is slowly but surely ramping up. And I'm very excited. There was like um, 
although they got real like I don't know who their producers are I think it's the same people who do maybe Beverly Hills in Orange County I don't know but their produ- their editors are getting a little whimsical like this is not Disney they did like this weird old-timey newspaper situation like we're on the 40s and his girl friday and i should have like a cigar and a mustache like it was very odd and i don't look for that shit on my shows like they did that once with Vanderpump rules and i was like giggle giggle like laugh like ha ha but then i got sick of it now everybody wants to do a little bit and do like a little production situation and that's not what i watch my housewives for i was watching i think i mean it wasn't that old but I was watching like season nine of New York when like Tinsley comes on for the first time and I just miss when these shows were about women who go to parties in their free time or that's what they do for their main aspect of life and they just talk mad shit about each other that's all I want I don't want the social media storylines I don't want the health questioning storylines I don't want these little production bits like I just said from the editors I literally just want people getting drunk and talking shit and being dressed to the nines and some look good and some don't. And that's that. That's why New York is still, you know, even though it went down the tubes by like season 12, it's still my shining star. So anyways, Salt Lake City, um, we got like an up-tempo, uh, holy music. And I swear I was going to remember how to sing it. And of course, like I'm reading my notes and like, ha 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 ha. Does not sound, but maybe it was. I was like, ho, 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 Like it was like very up tempo. And I liked that. They gave us a very, like a variation on it. Now we're learning that Heather is putting together a choir. And I wonder, is her choir doing these little sounds? Because those are vocalizations, right? That's not like a, that's not an instrument. That's somebody's mouth, voice, excuse. I don't know. Somebody tell me. But like Heather putting together choir, it's giving Mary Cosby, like she just wants people to, she's like, it's for us to worship. But I'm like, no, it's for them to worship you. I'm very suspicious of this. Like she's definitely going to charge people money. I've never trusted Heather Gay. I like, I kind of, okay, let's take a journey to season one. At first, I, well, at first I thought it was Megan McCain. And then I realized she doesn't live in Utah when the show first came out. Um, but she like, at first I wanted to give her a chance of like, you know, she seems slightly downtrodden, but sweet and all this stuff. And then I found out she was a cancer and I was like, oh no, 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 you love people to pity you. And then you also love to resent people. And I said, no, no, no. Hell to the na, na, na. And I just see all the little manipulation tactics that the rest of you don't. That's all I'll say on her. Um, yeah. And so when she said that she's holding auditions, I was like, so that's not for Jesus. Because like, if this was a true gospel choir, like all are welcome in the house of the Lord, whatever Lord she's creating. And so like for her to be like, there have to be auditions. It's like, oh, so this isn't open. Like you're trying to profiteer off these singers. You know that there's a business model in there somewhere. Um, Then we see Jen and coach go on like a little date to a trampoline park. I would not like to go on this date because germs especially after what we've witnessed in this pandemic you really want to go 
hop into a bunch of foam cubes that everybody's bodies have been on. Like, I'm sure that, that the companies tell you they have sanitation practices, but baby, not a risk I'm interested in taking at all, especially when they were sitting in the said foam cubes afterward to have a serious conversation about like her court case against like world government. No. And then you're going to catch a cold from that. Also people, please be watching. Side note, public health segment. Please, please, please wash your hands all the time. Sanitize your hands constantly. Like if you're someone like me who like walks from an apartment building to an office building you're touching hella buttons, stairwells, doors. Always clean your hands the second you get to your house before you touch anything in your house or before you touch anything at work because you do not know all the people who have also touched that. It happens quickly. And then you're going to go grab like a coffee or like a scone or something. I don't know why I said scone. I'm American. But you're going to like put your hands on things that are going to go in your mouth or your eyeballs or other orifices you're going to get sick. And as someone who spent like 10 days sick, because I was hugging strangers and acquaintances at my college reunion, including somebody I didn't care for. And they sounded kind of weird. I'm like, that's definitely who got me sick. Just, just clean yourself people. And like, stay home. If you're sick, nobody likes a performative martyr. You're embarrassing. And all of your office mates are disgusted by you. And yes, I know I'm showing my age and profession by mentioning office mates because you're all so cool and work remotely in your pajamas from your couch with the office playing in the background. Wow. I got really mean. I'm so sorry, guys. That's the exhaustion talking. Um, anyways, be clean, stay home, bundle up, um, go to urgent care. If you need some medicine, antibiotics, just do that. That's, that's what's best for everybody involved. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. Where were we? Oh, the cubes, the cubes. Okay. We have a little moment of like Lisa trying to push the storyline about her son, not wanting to go to college. Um, I like seeing like stern Lisa and her being like, yep, you got to go to college. Um, and she's like, I don't give a fuck if you think that you're ready. Like you need to go. Like, I like the energy. Also, I'm tired of that story though. And if she really means it, like if she's really going to put her, like, I'm not a parent. I don't actually know parents. Oh, actually I do. My cousin is the parent of children this age, but they want to go to school. So she doesn't have this problem. But like, I remember my grandparents, my dad was like not interested in school at the time. And they were like, okay, if you don't go to college, you go get a job and like a real job, not be the face of fresh wolf and like watch YouTube for 12 hours. Um, she needs to kick his ass out and be like, okay, go work then. All right. Be a business bitch. Be Kelly Kapoor business bitching. We'll see. See that me talking shit about y'all watching the office. And then I'm referencing it. That's called hypocrisy. I'm really good at it. I really feel like y'all are going to be listening to this and be like, she took something before recording this. Cause I'm just like zigzag zoom zigzag zog I don't know um they really did like girl by girly this week like they were like girly gets a segment girly gets a segment girly gets a segment so we get gir- our girly Whitney gets a segment I'm like Whitney like sis is going through it this season <laughs> and a lot of you guys do not like her like when I text my friends and I'm like 
hate Heather, tolerate Whitney, feel Whitney for what she's going to. People are like, Whitney's crazy. Heather's my fave. One day y'all are going to look back on having said that latter part. This is not a Heather Gay campaign, by the way. I support, I want her on my screen, even though she upsets me, but I want everybody to be aware of how deceitful she is while she's on our screens. But I think she is inherently important to the series for now, unless she lives long enough to become the villain that I want you all to realize. Um, so anyways, Whitney is like with her husband and like, I can't remember if one of them is crying or what's going on, but, um, she's like, are you ready to write your statement? And he's like, I've written it. And he reads us this long statement. Like, let's dissect here. (laughs) What medium was he on in which he was like, if you are on this platform, I chose you and you chose me, which means you are one of the good ones. That was giving like truth social, right? That was weird. That was super fucking weird. I was really uncomfortable. I didn't know if it was an age thing. You know how like people of a certain age online, like, is it Facebook? And it's like, oh, I only add people that I trust on Facebook. It almost sounded like it was a professional platform maybe that he uses. Like, is that Slack? I don't know. But the weirdness of it is where I was like, who's one of the good ones? That was very uncomfortable for me. That's all I, that's what I want to say on that. But, you know, he, I love him reading out loud. I love that he used a verb like edify because I don't think that people today have vocabularies because all they do is read on TikTok, which is not a source of education, folks. If you, one of you fucking tells me one more time, like, I learned this on TikTok, I'm going to be like, cool, go apply it because you haven't. You just keep telling me about the things you see on TikTok and you do nothing about it with your life. Again, so mean. I need India. India is like, like, I don't like the phrase good cop, bad cop, but we know that like India is like, I'm going to try and see it from this other point of view because Ruby's popping off without India in my life. This is what it's like, guys. I am the devil. And don't you forget it. Um, but yeah. And I liked when he said with three hearts, like when you, whenever you have to read something and describe emojis, you know, it humanizes all of us. Um, I like, I get, I get the argument of like, of her saying like, I should get to be myself and express myself however I want. Like I shouldn't be, um, you know, she's the verb suppressed. And, you know, to me, I think of like censored or something, but also that's like a massive risk of when you do this show and the choices that you make, because it's not that you shouldn't get to be yourself. But with every single workplace, um, that's not reality television. You are told all the time, like there is a, there's like an expected code of conduct. There is a way that we would like to see our employees present themselves because they are a representation of us. Like we've seen like before on OC housewives, Gina's husband didn't appear on the show at all because his company, um, like prohibited it. And there's like a lot of spouses or boyfriends or whomever that like, sometimes they don't even appear. Um, out of like confidentiality and nothing to like risk their job security or like their um, reputation um, professionally. And so I feel very badly for them. I wish that had not happened to them um, because they both seem like fine people. Um, but that 
is unfortunately a re reality of the real world outside of television. Um, what else? We have like, now we're building like a new little fight between Heather and Lisa. It's very dark. Like the fight is that basically they're both calling each other liars about something. And I don't even really care what it is, except for the fact that Lisa decided to um, tweet like, this is fucked up. I'm laughing because I'm uncomfortable. She tweeted like a picture of maybe like probably his text message exchange between her and Heather and the dates along with like Heather's dad's obituary to prove like when she communicated with Heather. And it was just like, don't put a dead person's obituary. Don't put an obituary on your tweets to prove a point. See, that's where like Lisa loses us. Lisa Barlow again is excellent television. We're keeping her on our screens forever, but we cannot defend you thinking that to prove your point, you need to post somebody's obituary for receipts. Like this is not a court of law. This is the court of public opinion. Just let it run its course. Um, and I don't even like Heather and I'm defending that point, but whatever. I'm just defending the part where like, you shouldn't bring that into it. Um, Heather also talks about like this book that she's quote, so passionate about writing, but then Literally, she's talking about how her her somebody, whoever her point of contact is at said publisher is like, they're going to cancel this deal if you don't meet a deadline. And she made up this whole thing about like, I start to write all this stuff and then I feel so guilty about it. So then I rewrite. No, bitch, that's a fucking lie. You have taken on way too many things. You're giving Dr. Wendy who said that her hair is falling out because she's saying too many things. Like you're saying yes to too much stuff and you're not actually making the proper time for it because you're probably scrolling Instagram, replying to everybody who loves you or on Raya trying to hang out with like John Mayer. I don't, I don't know, but like don't accept a business that you cannot keep up with because it looks horrible and it's embarrassing. And I'm very triggered because it kind of reminds me of other things professionally. Like stick to your word. As we keep saying, stand in your truth and don't feed us some bullshit about like how it's all about your inner turmoil. Like you have literally no inner turmoil about this. Um, Whitney and Lisa do their little yoga. I was weak when Lisa's like, that's our thing. And then they like show every time Lisa fucks up yoga next to Whitney. And now I'm convinced Whitney always suggests yoga as a power move because she feels at least previously she felt inferior to Lisa. So this is something that she excels at above Lisa. So it's like, a, it's definitely a power move, but also I love yoga. So I'd want that private class and that cute little, it looked like a cave, but it may have very well just been like a standard classroom with like funky wallpaper. Um, and then Lisa is very, it's giving Sagittarius when she's like, I'm just going to show up to Heather's auditions <laughs> and confront her there. I was like, Yep we've all listened to Taylor Swift's Midnights. We know about karma. And then uh, Meredith is that girly's moment. She has dinner with Angie H. I really want us to stop trying to make Angie Harrington happen. I don't want her to happen. I don't think she's that fun. I, she freaks me out because it seems like she's secretly 72. Like she physically looks like a fembot um, thanks to all of the like possible procedures and the money that she has and the grooming. But when she speaks, she sounds aged. Like she sounds like Jane Lynch or something. It, it freaks me out. It freaks me out to no end. 
And so Meredith and Seth have dinner with them. And Angie's husband admits that he has this, like, he made this fake Instagram, which a 52 year old man making a fake Instagram, get a fucking life, dude. Uh, He makes this fake Instagram and it's like, quote, to defend his wife against Lisa, but then he uses Jen's name for it and calls it shot exposed, which is fucked up. And he's like, I just, uh, this was a weak moment. And like Seth appeases him. And I'm just like, I roll up the century. Like, this is so weird. They give me creepy vibes. They give me very wannabe vibes. They give me like, um, PK and Dorit from Beverly Hills before, like we've just gotten used to them being on our screens. And I'm really scared. I don't want to get used to Chris and Angie on my screens because they're just so unwell seeming. And, and I like, I know that reality TV is just made up of unstable souls, but like, I can't take another pair. I really can't. Um, we have like Heather and Jen meet afterward (laughs) and Jen has like all these decorations for an alien party when Heather comes over that she hasn't put away. And I literally thought she was like throwing some kind of alien party for the girls. And it was like, here's where the budget's gone. And I was like, this is bleak, even for, even for a criminal, um, a criminal I love. But I love aliens, so it was giving inspiration for, like, maybe my birthday next year, or even though I'm very anti-Halloween, if I just did, like, an entire space cadet, like, alien-themed astronaut, whatever you want kind of uh, Halloween party, that'd be sick, too. But I feel like I would like that for my birthday party, but I'd make everybody wear, like, metallics and body paint. I keep really trying to push this theme, but I haven't found the right avenue for it yet. Doesn't mean I won't. Everybody wait. 2023 loading says me who says I'm not going to book stuff. Here I am. Okay. Um, Jen and Heather hanging out. Again, me and my conspiracy theories because I'm a hater. I feel like Heather really likes that Jen. It's like the shot and Freud of it all. Heather really likes that Jen has to downsize because of the crimes um because she was like having a moment where she's like can you hang my jacket and like showing off her purse and they were like in this like modest kitchen and stuff and she was just like oozing douchebag but that could just be her setting um but I still think like she likes that because again she kind of she like Whitney has this inferiority complex for some reason Heather's is weird because like she said when she was like married to her husband and full-on Mormon she was like she had the opposite she had a superiority complex And then once she got dumped, did he dump her or did she dump him? Let me not start throwing accusations after, I don't know, the past 40 minutes in which I've been doing hella accusing, um, whatever, whenever they got divorced and she became like untenable or whatever it is for the Mormons, it like, it like brought her down so many notches that I think she began to feel inferior and insecure. And so now that she can be like above again, she's really feeling herself. Um, and then they just have like chat too about the Instagram because like the problem is, is that Heather is friends with Chris and Angie. And so Jen is like, your friend used my name to like, fuck with me. And Heather's like, oh my God, I'm so shocked. And we're like, probably not. You probably, Heather probably suggested the name because she is not a good friend, no matter what she says about standing by her. Um, everybody's like getting ready for the auditions. Um, Whitney is 
Whitney is like, we need to figure out that rule book of how to be messy because she doesn't trust Angie, but she is keeping Angie real close to doing their little, it's giving like impoverished Roxy and Velma. Like if you guys ever watched Chicago, oh, I love Chicago. Um, if you've ever watched Chicago and at the very end, they do like the nowadays slash hot honey rag medley, which is incredible. Like they were kind of trying to give that, but like when you do the flapper dresses that like fall below your knees, it's not hot. It's not the same. You have to wear a flapper dress. That's like mostly a bodysuit, And then the fringe falls, like I would say three quarters of the way up your thigh. So not quite that, not even halfway down, but not like right below your crotch, like slightly down, maybe two thirds of the way up your thighs from knee to thigh. That's a healthy, but sexy flapper look. Um, they were giving retirement home chic. It was very rough again, because Angie is secretly 72. Um, Heather is like put together this ridiculous panel for the auditions. There's more judges than there are people auditioning. It's embarrassing. And then, um, we have like Jen Shaw getting ready to come Meredith. And then, um, Jen is just like a mess when she walked in singing amazing grace. I was like, not this bitch having practice her practicing her notes. It was so good. Um, Oh, actually I didn't say that. I didn't just say that. Angie looked like she was 72. I said, Angie looks Betty white level old in that outfit. I'm so fucking mean. That was like, that was as the caffeine was running through my body at 6.30 a.m. this morning because that's when I watch the shows because I, I live an older life. And so that's how I do that. Um, and then, yeah, um, this episode was cute. You know, like I said, each girly had her moment. And I'm really excited for next week because Jen Shaw is fucking letting it out. Like she's been pretty like in control of herself. I very much believe her when she said that, like she flipped out so much the first season because she um, had just lost her father and was grieving because I've witnessed and experienced that. And I understand um, like just being in rage um, and not knowing how to control your emotions. So I really do believe that with her and like Meredith exhibited the same thing last year. Um, But I love that. She's like finally going to let a pop-off happen to those who deserve it, which is Angie Harrington. She is the enemy. I wouldn't mind if they kept Angie H as a friend. I just don't want her to hold a snowflake because that means we have to watch entire segments of Angie with that man that she's married to and their children and whatever. And like, she really thinks she's a comedian. She really does. And it's extremely stressful. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. And I think like Lisa and Meredith pop off too, or Lisa and Heather. I don't remember, but I just remember fights were happening and we love it when the girls are fighting. Um, yeah. So I just kind of like bulldozed my way through, um, what usually takes us two hours, but that's because we're having what a conversation, not a monologue. This is a very long monologue. Um, I really was like, I'll have extra thoughts and guess what? not a one. This is the part where I crash and burn, um, which just means like take a shower and go to sleep. But hopefully you all enjoy this little quickie. Um, I'll try to be nicer next time. Maybe I'm sure after she listens to this, if she even posts this, she'll be like, you can never do this again. You are an actual demon. Um, those are messages that we exchange regularly. 
Um, so yeah, that's our show. I really wish I could think of like anything fun or anecdotal about anything. I don't do Halloween really. It's not a religious thing. It's a lazy bitch thing because costumes are hard. Um, I will be staying indoors for probably all of November before I do another gangbang of social activities because that's how my life is. And yeah, uh, if you don't already, which if not, how the hell did you even hear this episode? Follow us at Pop of Color Pod on Instagram and Twitter and on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Um, we're like not big content girlies. I used to live tweet when I could stay up at night, but that's not worth it anymore. Um, but we mostly just like post when the episodes come up, but you should still follow us because once in a while we might have like little adventures and stuff. Not all the time, but you can DM us, leave us comments about things you want us to talk about, et cetera, et cetera. And with that, I've set you free. Make good choices.